0: You're listening to Connect Africa.
1: Absolutely, house, man. That is a beautiful song coming from Sanel, musician right there with Mzaki, Abu, <laughs> Abu Mobi, <laughs> Abu Manga. I just try, I try with this language, with Zulu, but it just. Just, I've been trying to get the name of the song right But it's not working I did tell you that it is the Queen of Queens Right yesterday I'm joined with uh, by a beautiful lady Her name is Anyiko. I've heard about her a couple of times I've never met her But I've heard about her And uh, she's She's given me You know Nice interviews And uh, I believe For me Since I've known her I believe that she's One of the biggest In Africa In terms of PR And uh, I was a pleasure Of kind of working With her uh, Through my producer Rather Bello Thank you so much. And uh, I just wanted to bring her here because she's a powerhouse for me. She never sleeps. Maybe, I don't know, because different time zones. She's like one hour ahead of me. So I feel like she never sleeps because every time I'm awake, she's awake. But uh, let's welcome Anya. How are you?
0: I'm fine. Thank you so much for hosting me. It's such an honor. I love your radio station and I can't even imagine that I'm being hosted today. So it's 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 really a pleasure.
1: And I know we love you. Like uh, we talk about you every time with kind of love because you're, like, you're one of like the sweetest people that I've come to know virtually. I've never met you before, but virtually I feel like you're like one of the sweetest people
0: thank you very much um we say asante from east africa
1: (laughs) oh asante see we're learning new words thank you thank you so much (laughs) so how's the COVID 19 holding you up there in the east
0: well it's 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 okay now in the beginning it was uh, quite difficult just not being in the office not connecting with my team members and you know running a pr agency sometimes you have like different teams working Mm. on different projects so you have to coordinate them, and it was really difficult having to coordinate uh, people offline because you know people are home during COVID. Some people are not feeling well. Some were just not um, in the right mental space, including me. So it it took it took a couple of months, and now I think we kind of got the 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 um, new way of working, and like we're working remotely, and um, mm. and it's good. I mean, we're not having events um, in Kenya. Um, We still have coffee till 9 p.m. So um, we we can't do listening parties. We can't do launch events. We can't do press conferences. um, We can't do concerts. So um, that's also a a big hit um, for the entertainment um, industry in general, including my business. So um, at my PR agency, um, at least we're still able to, um, you know, circulate the new songs coming out, the new Mm. EPs and albums. That has been very successful. I think a lot of artists um, worldwide, um, Africa and even in East Africa and Kenya in particular, um, you know, just decided to release a lot of music. So that has really kept us busy just putting out new. Um, records and um, doing interviews. Um, artists are available for that to do it from home. Yeah. So that's um, the update in a nutshell.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it sounds like you've been very, very busy during the COVID-19. Aiko, do you think the way that we're working right now, because most of us are working on a virtual space, is this the new norm when you look at it in the, in the, in the PR and entertainment industry? Do you think this will be the new norm?
0: Yes, it will be the new um, norm. It will be the new normal and I think it is um, like a, a snapshot of what the future mm-hmm. is going to look like because um, you find that when you are forced to be home or to work from a remote space, there are certain things that um, you can do that you used to do and there are certain ways that you have to adapt to working. Some people cannot work Uh, by themselves, without supervision, or if they're home, they find themselves doing other things like watching TV and what's not. So this really forces a kind of discipline in each and every individual. And companies, um, you know, moving on, will be looking for uh, people who are more of delivering on projects as opposed to maybe showing themselves up at the office or something. So it, it calls for a lot of discipline. It calls for a lot of planning. And um, I think that this is literally, um, we're looking at the future, which is now. So even those who, um, you know, have offices or had big spaces for workspace, they have to ask themselves, do I need to have this uh, big space? And If I do, what what am I going to make use of it?
1: Absolutely true. And um, unfortunately, a lot of people are cutting staff. A lot of people are cutting expenses, like you said, office spaces. Have you been faced with that situation where you had to let some of your members go?
0: Well, um, thankfully, no, because the latest, uh, the last big project that we had was Coke Studio Africa, mm-hmm. and we uh, completed the project last year, July. So before completing the project, um, I had a big team of about 15 individuals, and most of them were working on various um, projects beneath um, Coke Studio. We had mm-hmm. like a media tour manager. We had um, like someone who was lead uh, leading content distribution and organization. Mm-hmm. We had different publicists, um, even from different African countries. So when we finished the project, it took some a couple of months to just wrap up to do the reports. And uh, most of um, all these other employees, they knew that they had been contracted on the project and they knew that after that they would be leaving. So I actually am very thankful that, um, you know, we had that arrangement because it's, it's a very tricky time when businesses yeah. um, have to let go of people and people are not happy about that. Who, who wants to be let go? Who wants to um, experience a pay cut? But that's the reality of now. So I'm, I'm very lucky that when this came about, my team had already cut down mm. and at the moment we're, we're just like five, um, we're just like five of us, like on full time employment. So if we work with any other person outside, um, they'll just be paid for per project. But um, I think we can handle it the way we are. I would never have been able to cater for 15 people like full time, like it used to be. So, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Honestly, that is, you know, one of the most honest answers um, that can be given. You've been in the industry for 10 years. And obviously now there has not been any events. There's not been, you know, any listening sessions. Um, how do you anticipate that at the moment of time things are going to roll out? How Do you think things are going to get better um, in terms of going back into having events? I
0: think... Things are gonna get better. I've seen even in Nairobi, I've seen um, different event organizations already. Uh, uh, sorry, ev- uh, event promoters already yeah. setting up certain events and asking people to go. So, for instance, I saw that there's gonna be like an art event at a, at an open air um, kind of a shopping mall. Mm-hmm. So people are kind of gonna 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 go there and walk around, and if they see some art, they can buy that. So. I think those type of events are already acceptable um, as long as you know there's a social distancing mm-hmm. but also um, I think the branding of the event is important because when you say like we're having an event, um, the government is probably going to come for you because they have banned events. Yes. They just say like it's an open air exhibition. If you're passing by the mall, you can come by. So I think it's very important for creatives to find um, different ways of mm-hmm. having to uh, maybe create unique events. It doesn't have to be physical. It can be remote i've um, attended a lot of really dope listening parties via zoom yeah. which was really cool there was even one listening part po- sorry one um um event that was kind of like a launch of a new um alcohol brand and i was oh, invited okay. and they dropped the um they they brought us the the alcohol and whatever it was and, and a gift bag and certain things that we were supposed to open during the zoom call and when we were on the zoom call we had the uh like global ambassador of the brand and he was talking to us and saying now open your bottle you know put this cocktail inside and i i, I never thought i would actually you know be in a tasting um in that kind of setup Mm. so it is possible to to move forward and as creatives it is our responsibility to find um different and unique ways to um um, move on and have events and i think one other very important aspect while we're doing that is to make sure that it is monetized i think there's a lot of artists who are online you know performing on youtube performing on instagram Mm. and whatnot but they're not really getting money back to their pockets a lot of media companies are ready to host any artist on their platform, and will say, "Oh, record for us a concert. We're going to put on our website." But then it takes a lot for the artist to, you know, record that concert. They've already invested their entire career, you know, years of rehearsals and money in the studio to perform it. Sometimes they bring together their band and stuff. There are costs that are affiliated to that. But a lot of media companies, a lot of brands not putting down money for the for for, for the artists so the artists Mm -hmm. also have to demand for that you know i cannot just be online and be performing all the time for free you know they can go on instagram or whatever platform and say today i'm performing and this is my number and you can send me some money as a tip Mm -hmm. you know that's one way of making money
1: That is absolutely true. You you talk about making money, and I I like the fact that you're so knowledgeable in the industry. And obviously, with ten years of experience, it, it it has been a lot of learning curves. Um, what what makes it you know what 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 does it take for longevity in the PR industry and also loyalty? Because I mean, you've been working with Saudi Seoul for a very long time.
0: True that. Wow, that's a (laughs) very good question. Um, For the longevity in the the PR world, I think you really need to keep your contacts. Mm -hmm. Um, And you find that over the years, um, people move from various positions, you know, various um, jobs. Mm -hmm. And sometimes some people that you met when they were maybe starting out, they could have even been interns where you met them. um, In a couple of years, you know, they grow and become editors they become head of radio stations they become media owners. So it's very important to keep contact from the very beginning and I, I think pay respect and um, just be um, just be nice to everybody <laughs> you know you never know where, who you're going to meet um, mm. and where you're going to meet them in the future. I think um, the industry is all interconnected. It doesn't matter which country you come from but there's always an opportunity in another region. And um, just because you couldn't work with somebody in in one way or in another doesn't mean you have to close that door. You know, some Mm. projects work, some don't. So I think it's also important to be humble enough or mature enough to realize that when it doesn't work, um, you know, you acknowledge it and you solve the issue and, you know, try it again. You can always try again. A lot of artists also always approach the PR people wanting Mm. to know what is the value I'm going to get if I'm going to pay you. You know what are you going to do for me and there's a yeah. lot of other PR people so there's certain times when they also approach you and it doesn't work and you know there could be another time so sometimes an artist will ask you for proposals you know over a period of years and then finally they're like okay we want to work with you so I think you for the longevity there also needs to be a lot of persistence mm-hmm. and um for Saudi so you know they're, they're my personal friends um, and we've been friends from the age of 19, and now we are mm. all like 32 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long time. So it's, it's really great to see my friends, um, mm. you know, achieve the, the, their dreams just the way they had envisioned. And, and now that a lot of the dreams they had envisioned, they have achieved them. Um, it's just like we're asking each other, I know they're asking themselves like what's what's next. And mm. for them one of the things that they've started is a record label. And for me, one of the things I started is my PR company. So um it's really great to to see, you know, people you started with grow and become successful and I'm I'm very proud of them.
1: Absolutely perfect. I mean, that story from 19 until now, that's about 12 years of friendship. So that is a beautiful story. Anyways, um, I'm going to take a short break. And when we come back, I want to dive into what PR is and how you started because... Uh, you were a scriptwriter, And a lot of people don't know that I didn't know that as well I was quite shocked But it makes sense You're a good writer <laughs> As well as um, The value of PR agents I'm going to play this song And I'll be back with Anyeko She's all the way from Kenya In the Eastern African region Obviously you know We represent right here On of Africa Radio Station The Station of the Gods 100% African music 100% African content And as you know She is uh, the leading lady In what has made As you know Sati soul And man It's an pleasure you know interviewing her if you want to know all about pr i will be back in about uh, three minutes um because i'm going to play you this little song that's playing in the background and uh, we're going to talk to anyuka a bit more all your advice is needed if you need any advice on pr i got you today man it is actually connect africa the show that connects you to africa and africa to rest with the world happy women's month uh, let's celebrate women as we can we have a queen today two queens Forty-eight Central African Time, fifteen forty-eight West African Time, and all the way in the Eastern African region, it is seventeen forty-eight. We do have the East African region queen herself. Her name is Anyoko. She's in the BR industry and mana. She is a magnet. I feel like she's she's building an empire, and uh, as she should, as she should. If you don't know, she studied journalism, uh, broadcasting journalism and media studies. And also, she also studied French. Uh, I was a bit taken by that, but I just want to ask her, why did you study French? Did you plan on moving out of Nairobi or um, uh, you just love the language?
0: Well, I just love the language and I always had a dream to go to France. Obviously, mm. when you're young, you're watching all these <laughs> um, movies about from paris with love (laughs) and it was just like one day i'm gonna go there you know and practice my french and um i just came to the city um when i was i think 17 and Mm -hmm. just no it was 18 i came to nairobi city before joining university so i think it was one of my um family members suggested, you know, you could um, study French. So when I went to the French Cultural Center, I just found that there was more happening there than just French. There was like groups Mm. of people singing in the choir and, you know, a lot of art exhibitions happening there, concerts, and, and this is where I think my love for art and culture, my love for artists started. Yeah.
1: Because I see here that you started as a TV host. You were also a radio assistant and also a scriptwriter. Um, what was the transition for, from, okay, saying, you know what? I'm done with being in front of the mic. I just want to be behind the scenes and I'm going to be a PR agent. At what point um, did that decision come into your life?
0: I think that point started around 2016, Mm -hmm. 2017, because I joined uh, the BBC, I think, when I was um, 21. And I was working there as an intern. And then at the age of 22, I joined um, KBC, which is the um, Kenya Broadcasting Corporation. It's the national broadcaster. And they had this really cool show called Grapevine. And um, the show was about art and culture, just like going out, mm. uh, like Studio 54, 54 kind of thing, you know, okay. just going out around. Concerts, meeting artists, interviewing them and just telling people what's happening. So I had been watching the show for a very long time and I had a dream to host this show. So I joined the show um, at the age of 22. And I worked there for seven years straight. So at the uh, point where I joined, I was a host, a co-host of the show, mm. but I also was um, writing scripts. And I actually didn't know that, you know, that's a thing or I'm good <laughs> at writing scripts, but the producer was just like, I um, your scripts are really amazing. So keep writing. And, and that's where I started developing also my writing, because I think prior to that, um, it was not that serious because mm-hmm. it, some writing was like uh, print related. Some was like my blog. But I think um, when I got onto TV, there was a lot of writing because every week there's different stories, um, different scripts that need to be done. And 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 we, uh, during my time at KBC, I noticed that there's a lot of artists who are coming for interviews. I would interview them mm-hmm. and just um, kind of discover that they don't know who they are. You know, sometimes you call them for an interview because they have a really great song, they have a great yeah. video, or they have achieved a lot. And sometimes, you know, you ask them a question, they can't remember, mm. you know, which song. And, and one time, even one artist came for an interview, he was like, um, tipsy. And I think during that period, just started noticing that then there kind of a space missing. For somebody to be very close to the artist and be guiding them on their brand, on their image, on how they need to represent themselves or just beyond and above the product that they're creating. Because having a good song or um, looking good is not enough. You know, you have to carry yourself a certain way inside out. And especially when you're dealing with your fans, and um, the media. So I started noticing that there's kind of something missing. And so I started working with my friends out. So that time it wasn't even official that I was a publicist, but it was just like, um, you know, you're a friend, you're in the media, you're a great writer. So let's build this brand together. Let's work together. And it was about five years working with them that we realized that all this time I had been like acting as a communication manager or a publicist. Mm. So, I didn't even know um, for a a, a lot of um, years. I didn't even know I was doing PR. I didn't even know I was doing um, publicity. But then I was actually following Maria McCloy very closely. I'm I'm sure you know her. (laughs) (laughs) She's amazing. Like, I was just reading some of the press releases she was sending me, and sometimes I was responding to her. That time, I think she was also working with MTV. And mm-hmm. I used to submit, like, um Soul music videos to MTV. She would respond to me. And I told her, like, you really inspire me. I want to be a publicist like you. And one day when I come to, to South Africa, I hope to meet you. And um, I finally came to South Africa. I think the first time was 2016 or 2017. When um, I think it must have been 2016 when South Soul won um, at the MTV Africa Awards, like, best group in Africa. Yeah. So I was able to meet with Maria. You know, she took me around. Um, Town to all the cool places (laughs) and to her shop, and I she was a huge inspiration.
1: Absolutely beautiful. Having a mentor is uh, one of my things. And you touched about not knowing, you know, that you were doing PR at that time. And that's another question I want to ask you. What is PR for for someone who's listening who wants to be in the entertainment or trying to get into the entertainment? What is PR and what is the value of PR for an artist?
0: Okay, so PR. He literally stands for um, public relations. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people um, sometimes think that it is... um, like publicizing things or publishing things. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm invited to an event and somebody says she's a publisher. So I think people don't get it right, but I think it's better to just like break it down, like what P and R stands for. Mm. So a a PR person would be a representative or a brand of an artist of a corporate company, whatever project, whatever client out um, to the outside world and the outside world in this sense would be, um, the fans, it could be um, the people or, or the media who might be subscribing to this artist brand or whoever. So basically, a PR person or a publicist is the, is the, is the go between, between a brand, the communication, and the um, outside world. Okay. Uh, and that would be just the people, and so it depends on. Um, it depends on the brand, and depends on uh, what type of audience um, the brand attracts. So that will also influence the type of media a PR person. Would be targeting. So in that sense, there could be very different type of uh, PR people or or publicists. There could be an entertainment publicist, mm. music publicist, you know, fashion publicist, sports publicist. So um, the, the the you know the, the spectrum is endless.
1: Absolutely beautiful. Spectrum is endless if you heard right there. But um I want to dial back. You said, you know, when you started in the industry and you were still doing on you still on radio, some of the artists didn't know themselves. So I want to ask you, uh, you know what I mean, for someone that's in the industry and just just a step in. What is a brand and how does one become a brand? Because I think a lot of people are struggling with understanding what is a brand and how do you become a brand as an artist?
0: Okay. I think the first thing as a brand is um, you will have a name, you'll have a definition. So it starts with um, your name. It starts with what you stand for. And um, I can give an example of, of Saudi. So when they were starting, they called themselves Saudi, which is, um, um, Swahili f- for voice. And it was because they had been together in high school and were already singing in an a cappella group. And okay. everybody in high school was telling them, oh, wow, your voices are amazing. So um, the high school group they were in was actually called Voices of Light. But the one they came out of high school, they called themselves Sauti. So that was the brand they went with for quite a number of years, around three years. And um, when they started to become successful, we started seeing all these other um, Saudi Saudi brands coming up. Like there was a group called Saudi Band, Saudi uh, Boys, Mm. Saudi Choir. And they were just like, oh my God, we have to to do something. So they actually rebranded themselves. I, I wasn't part of this they branded themselves and decided to call themselves Saudi soul and soul is Spanish for sun. Mm -hmm. So um, you, you, so they picked that name. So in in essence, I'm trying to say like, if you want to build a brand, you must first of all, pick um, the name of your brand. You know, the name of your brand has to stand for who you are. Mm. You can't be um, calling yourself something and then maybe what you're doing is totally different. True. And I always say it's, it starts with um, you, the name you pick. Sometimes even on social media, you have people um, writing stuff like 1987, I don't know what, on your Twitter handle or your, on your Instagram handle. Yeah. It's very hard to remember, you know, those type of handles, those type of names. So it's, it's better to pick a name Based on who you are, based on what you want to do, and based on what the audience or the people who are looking at you, looking at your name, uh, might remember. After that, you have to look at your your brand and yourself and see what are your brand values. I think a lot of um, artists get into the industry because they want to be famous because they have seen another artist do something and they want to do whatever the artist did. Some Mm -hmm. of them will even call you and say. Oh, I saw you did PR for somebody else. I want the exact thing. And that's uh, already wrong because when you know your brand and have your brand values and know what you want to achieve, it must be different from somebody else. It might be similar because you, don't, you didn't follow the other person and you just found that whatever you have is similar to the other person. But this is where you start to, you know, dare to be different. So you also have to do your market research as a brand. This is who I want to be, but how many other similar brands are in the market? What are they offering that I'm I could offer, or what are they not offering that I might look into filling the gap? So I think to build a brand is to um, you know know who you are, um, know your brand values, be very strategic in um, growing the brand, and 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 very uh, you also have to be very targeted to yeah. your your audience. You have to know who am I writing these songs for. Who are my target audience? Is it Swahili speakers? Is it the whole of Africa? Is it South Africa? And are there Mm. certain words that I need to add in my song? Um, Are there certain collaborations that I have to put in in different regions for the purpose of, you know, having crossover fans? So it's a very tedious process to build a brand. And it's something that takes a lot of years, you know, up to five, even 10. And, you know, sometimes it's really difficult and people want to give up, especially the artists who are starting over. But my advice to, to them is just, like, be true to your brand. Be consistent. You know, don't give up.
1: Absolutely, man. Forgot one minute before we go. Sheila, I have one more question. You've been in the industry for 10 years. And, you know, you explained about what being a brand is. I'm going to take that into head. I'm going to run with it. But um, closing off the interview, do you think the industry um, and the entertainment industry has done enough for women at the moment? Celebrating Women's Month, do you think we uh, in the industry have done enough for women? And does has Africa done enough for women?
0: Well, the industry in particular has not done enough for women. Mm -hmm. I feel um, the women in the industry and even beyond the industry are generally misrepresented or not represented at all. When you look at um, the stories coming out on various media outlets, when you look at um, uh, music playlists, when you look at the the countdowns, when you look at, I don't know, the award ceremonies, when you look at lists of the top artists from every region, there are very few women Who are on this list you know you could have a top 10 list and all of them are male especially when it comes to genres like rap you know there's always this notion that uh, all the great rappers are are, are male but not really you know there are a lot of great rap um, um femc's or female rappers per se but um why should we even you know start to say femc's or female rappers or words like you know, a rapper is a rapper, you know, a musician is a musician. So I think the people who are uh, writing this list, doing this playlist, uh, organizing these concerts, having all these award ceremonies, they must be sensitive to the women in the industry. They must take time to find out who are these dope women doing dope things. They must highlight them. I would even ask, um, that they should even set up specific platforms or sections to spotlight the women, you know, like what Trans Africa Radio is doing. Mm. This is really amazing. And there's no reason why other media outlets um, should not do this. So, as we celebrate women, um, like over the weekend, today, every day, I would just love for each and every person out there listening to be sensitive to the gender balance. There's, you cannot have a list of top 10 artists from a country or whatever, and there's no women in that list, it's not fair. If anything, it should be 50 50. I mean, why not?
1: Absolutely, man. And you go running off. Uh, where can we find you on the social media streets? And how can we get um, in touch with you?
0: Okay, um, so I'm on social media on um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. All my accounts are Aniko Owoko, and uh, between Aniko and Owoko is two O's, so I only have one O in the middle. (laughs) And if you want to follow my business, that is Aniko PR across all social media platforms. Thank you.
1: Absolutely, man. And we'll be hearing from you. We're always in contact with you. So thank you so much for being a part of our station. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you for having me. Have a good evening.
1: You too. Bye-bye. Absolutely, man. As you heard, that was Anyeko. Uh, I've gotten a little bit over time. Uh, Wavy's going to kill me, but I have to go. Thank you so much for joining me. And that is it for the PR Mondays. Tomorrow we're going to be um, having another interview. Man, it was a beautiful day. Catch you again. Same time, same place tomorrow from 2 until 5, man. Let's so get to the tippy top with a Wavy because he's going international. This is Trans-Africa Radio. South Africa, Africa, this is your Victorian at Debbie blood, blood Moon. Join me every weekday from 2 to 5 Central African Time here on Trans Africa Radio on, on hashtag, hashtag Connect Africa. Africa. Hashtag Connect Africa, the show that connects you to, to Africa, Africa and Africa to the rest of the world, baby. Trans, Trans Africa, Africa Radio. Radio. Main, main Africa, Africa, Africa.
0: Trans.